Hi there. Welcome to the Fit Mom Life to the Fullest podcast where we focus on how we can improve our physical health so that we can enjoy the life God has called us to, to the absolute fullest. Hello, ladies. I hope you're having a great day. I'm so excited to hang out with you today and dive into a little bit of nutrition. I feel like we've been a little bit more workout-ish lately. <laughs> Maybe I'm just feeling like that the way I'm recording these, but um, talk a little bit about nutrition and how sometimes you can pick the cake, sometimes you can pick the broccoli. And if you've been around with me for a while, you know that there's room for both in how I believe we should live, which is 80-20, 80% whole clean foods, 20% treats. And it is funny, my um, my kids are five, almost three, and one, and my five-year-old really, I mean, they all pick up so much on these things. My two-year-old actually the other day, what did he say? Um, he was pretending to talk on the phone. He was using the baby monitor to talk on the phone. And he's like, hello, yes. Do you work out? Yes. <laughs> it's like, Joe, who are you talking to? He said, I be a mommy. And I said, who does mommy talk to on the phone? He says, the ladies who work out, the exercise ladies. <laughs> I said, yeah, Joe, I do help ladies exercise, which is so funny because I really didn't know that he was aware of that. My five-year-old is. But I thought that he was going to say daddy or name one of my sisters or something because those usually are the people I talk to most on the phone. And he's like, oh, you work out ladies. <laughs> I said, oh, okay. Um, but my five-year-old, we were at my parents' house and he was having, oh, what snack was it? I think Cheetos. Yeah, Cheetos, which is so funny because that's like so something I would never buy, never offer him. And we do have snacks in our lineup, you know, like, but usually the snacks that I'm going to buy are more like... I don't know, chocolate or something. I'd, I could see myself buying like M&Ms for vacation or something before I'd buy Cheetos. But anyways, they had the little individual snack bags, which I don't know. Kids just go hog wild over the, I don't know if your kids do, <laughs> if you're listening to this with kids, but you throw anything in a single serving. Like I never buy applesauce in single servings because it's like a huge waste if you're just home anyways, like buy the big one and, you know, pour it in a bowl. But my kids are like, yes, applesauce cups, like woo. So they have these little single serving bags of chips. And my mom's like, oh, if you guys want one, you can have one. I said, okay, if you guys want one, you can pick one after dinner. Like we're at Mimi and Papa's house. It's fine. You know, because I do, I do want them to not feel like they're wildly restricted. So this, you know, applies to kids as well. And as Josh was eating them, he's like, you know, it's okay to have these kind of things sometimes. That's why we call it a treat. But I couldn't eat this all the time because I would be sick. And I was like, yeah, Josh, like you're right. I said, mostly you want to eat things that either grow from the ground or come from their mother, like chicken and cows and whatever. I said, but, you know, sometimes we can have the other treats. And he'll, it's very funny because he, he's like, keeps going, you know, further levels thinking about this. Like, well, how do they make a mom? I'm like, in a factory, Josh. <laughs> they make them literally in a factory with a lot of things that are not real food. So, Let's keep that in mind as we approach today's episode that, you know, we want to mostly pursue the the real food, the whole clean food. However, sometimes the treat is just delicious and worth it and falls in part of our enjoying life. So how I approach this and how I encourage my clients to approach this, whether in a group program or one-on-one -on -one or whatever, is to walk through a couple steps in assessing whether or not, like which route you're going. Because yes, I do. I believe it can be like a, a both and. It does not always have to be like an either or. And actually, I will say firstly, baseline here, that's usually a mentality that I mostly have to break with women who come into a group program or who work one-on-one. -on -one. It's 
in the past, if they've done something, it's usually more all or nothing. It's I've done a whole 30, so I eat literally no treats. And then I get off the whole 30 and I eat a pizza and go out for ice cream, whatever, because I haven't had this stuff in a month. Or, um, you know, I was on keto for a bit or I was on this, that, whatever. In general, when we hear diet, we're thinking something short term that we're sticking to to make us lose weight. Um, When I use the word diet, I just mean our overall nutrition intake, just what we are eating. So I encourage always for it to be a more balanced approach where, yes, like sometimes you pick the broccoli, sometimes you pick the cake, um, and sometimes it's both. Sometimes it's you go to a barbecue and you're going to pick the drink or the dessert. Like those are good little swaps to make. Actually, I was thinking about this the other day because my husband and I made mudslides at home, which is just a fun summer drink to have. And I remember thinking like, oh, I didn't have dessert at whatever function we had just left. So I was thinking like, oh, maybe I'll grab some ice cream with this too or uh, get out some chips and salsa or whatever because we were playing cards. And I was like, no, Bernie, like this is your dessert. Like the mudslide's not the (laughs) smallest calorie option here. Um, Not the lightest calorie option. Like this is your either or right here. So in general, you know, I do think that we're, we should be striving for, for balance and it not being, okay, I'm always picking the quote unquote broccoli. Like I'm only having salads. I'm only having these healthy foods um, because I'm eating healthy right now, or I'm on a plan right now. I'm not having the other stuff. There is room for the quote unquote other stuff in your plan. Okay. So sometimes you know, I can go the other way on this. Like I will start eating (laughs) more junk food or quote unquote treats. Sometimes I actually feel the pressure as somebody who, if I'm in a social setting and I know that other people know that I do what I do for a living, like I'm a personal trainer and and a nutrition coach and they're kind of eyeballs on me to see what I'm eating. And sometimes I feel more pressure to be like, look, this is what I eat. You know, I eat junk as well sometimes. Um, But in general, I'm just trying to be you know, authentic about what I eat. And I'll share with you guys on social media and stuff. Like I'll go out on a date night and I will not pick the burger bun or the fries. Like I will have both sometimes. And I think that, you know, sometimes that's the choice too. So approaching things in this way, like sometimes picking the cleaner options and sometimes picking the treats, I think is what makes the difference between this actually being a sustainable balanced way to eat where it truly is 80, 20, 80% clean, 20% treats. And what this actually looks like is that sometimes you do turn down the dessert or sometimes you make the choice of a burger bun or fries or the drink or the dessert. Okay. That's the sometimes. And sometimes you just go for seconds on the dessert. Sometimes, you know, you decide it's worth it. Um, whatever it is, because where I generally start with people is tracking macros so that you can see how actually in numbers in an objective way you can fit things in. So you can see like I was just looking through a client's food logs the other day and I saw some treats in there which I was happy to see because they fit and that's what I you know promote is like do not go seven days in your food logs without a treat in there because for most of us that's too long for us to then feel quote unquote like deprived you know it's like yes there are times you might want to buckle down before a big event and like trim down more treats than normal maybe eat more 90 10 then but in general just for general life whether you're in fat loss mode or maintenance mode 
I want to see treats in there every couple of days. And this is actually something we do in our group challenge. Like one of the challenges one week is to make a treat fit two to three times per week, because I just think that most of us end up doing that anyways. But what happens is we don't fit it in to our calorie allotment. So if you're thinking about it macro wise, you know, that's what I'm typically teaching is, okay, yes, you can have it, but make it fit. So if you're going to have that dark chocolate after dinner, or you're going to have that donut or whatever it is with your family, you know, plot it right in your numbers, make it work, say no to something else to make that fit. However, this is exactly what I'm talking about. Most of the time you can do that and that's great. Then there are other times you might just want to have what you want to have and not have it fit and be okay with the results. That's the thing that needs to sync up is, okay, like, how am I going to feel after this? Which I'll walk through the steps in a second. But this is what I'm doing mentally a lot of times where most of the time, again, I'm making those choices. I'm making sure it's 80-20 and I'm picking like, okay, this or this. Then there are some times where it's like, nope, just want to enjoy it. An example of this would be when I just went on uh, recently, beginning of summer, a five-day trip with my husband. And we have not done that since our honeymoon. Like, there were no kids. My sister and her husband had the kids. And it was amazing. We got to get away and go out for meals without strapping somebody in a high chair. Like it was just amazing and an awesome opportunity to get to do so. And that was an example of on that trip, like I did not make the quote unquote choices. We were active. We did work out most days doing strength training and then we were hiking and at least going for walks, things like that. But I was not doing the, oh, I'll have the drink or the dessert. I was having both. And I was thinking like, you know what? If I come back five to 10 pounds heavier, <laughs> which is it's only going to sit around for, you know, a little bit, like maybe I'll be up in the scale for a couple of weeks there. If I get back to my normal life, it will come back off. And that's fine. Like that was my choice at the time was like, this is more important to me. Enjoying myself here without you know, we never want to go to gluttony. I'm never trying to like get to that level of feeling like, okay, this was over indulgence, but indulgence, you know, I was having a week of indulgences and I was fine with that. So sometimes there are going to be those events in your life where I think it's totally perfectly fine to do that, but then you cannot expect to see wild progress after that. That's the caveat is it'll, I'll sometimes be working with clients who are, are on this indulgence board, like are like, okay, yeah, I'm going to just cut loose this weekend and not worry about anything, but then are disappointed to see themselves up five pounds or disappointed to see no difference in their progress pictures. So that is kind of a, not to like throw a pun in here, but you can't have your cake and eat it too. You also have to be realistic with what, what your actions are going to lead to. So in general, um, and I've talked about this before with, you know, there are times when I have been way more strict with nutrition when I had a big goal coming up, you know, or there are times when I'm not being as strict and I'll have a brownie sundae that was unplanned and does not fit my macros because it's not a huge, you know, it's not going to be a huge imposition on my life. So um, back when I was training for my first marathon, I used to bring like a chicken salad and a Tupperware to a family party that I knew was going to have pizza. And, you know, as weird as that sounds, and yes, it is a little bit weird. I don't do that stuff now, <laughs> but I, um, 
you know, it was my immediate family and no one's, if again, they knew I had a goal and was working for it and whatever. But that was where I was at was like, no, I need to look at all food as fuel. And this is what, you know, I'm going to put in my body and not, you know, the pizza or whatever. But so there's times to do that, you know, where it's like, no, no, like I am not going to stray from what I'm doing. Or there are times where it's like, okay, I'm picking to indulge here or um, I'm picking to have the treat, whether it fits my macros or not, or fits my eating intuitively or not. And I'm okay with those consequences. So what I kind of walk through and how I was trying to think about, again, breaking down how I naturally do this, um, I kind of follow this little checklist in my head without realizing, number one, so if I'm if I'm tempted by something and say, you know, it's unplanned, I wasn't planning this as an, a treat in my day, but I'm just out somewhere with friends or on a date with my husband or something and something presents itself, you know, a dessert or a drink or something, I'll number one think, am I actually hungry right now? Like, what is my hunger level? Because, you know, a lot of times, obviously, we just see something and want it. We don't actually crave it before we see it. We just see it and want it. So what's my actual hunger level? Am I, like, this is a good example for a dessert after you've just had a meal. Like, maybe you're actually already satiated and you're already full, but you just want something because you see it. What's your actual hunger level? Are you going to be stuffed if you go for the treat? Because again, that's never really the good, you know, feeling either way. Number two, am I able to actually enjoy it right now? This one I've employed so much since having kids because I think at, you know, barbecues and potlucks and get togethers, I used to way more focus on the food, and I'll hear this from clients a lot, is like the more panic of like, what should I have? What shouldn't I have? Like it was more of a battle of telling myself no because there was so there were so many options and so much to choose from. Where now I'm just so busy when we go to any kind of party or social gathering because, you know, there's three kids and my husband and I are playing zone defense if we're both there. If I'm somewhere by myself with the kids. I'm not even concerned about the food because I am just so concerned on, you know, like maybe getting to have a conversation with somebody else without, you know, like my two-year-old falling off the top of the slide or something. So there's more going on and I will take that into account at a party, even if something looks really good like this. Um, actually, it was we were at a grad party a couple weeks ago and there was like a whole room of desserts and I was really excited <laughs> to go over and pick something. And I never even made it there, which is not a woe is me. And I'm not saying like, wow, that's what you have to do when you have kids is never have what you want. But I didn't even make it into the room. And would I actually have enjoyed something like, no, it wouldn't have been like sit down, savor the bites. It would have been like shove it in my mouth and chase a kid across the lawn, like catch him before he gets nailed with Frisbee. (laughs) So I wouldn't have enjoyed it at that time. So that's not the time that I would pick again, back to like the initial theme of today's episode, like. I would just pick the broccoli over the cake. Like I just, in that moment, just need food in general in my body. And it's not the time to like treat myself to an indulgence that I'm not really going to get to enjoy. Okay, number three, is this actually one of my favorite things? Ha, that might stop you from indulging in a lot of things that just kind of aren't worth the calories. You know, if just because it's there, is not a reason to have it. And yes, okay, we'll say if you're in a social situation with this one, there can be an element of feeling like you need to 
eat X, Y, or Z because the person made it for you or there's an expectation there. You're sitting down to a dinner that you really, you know, don't like something. But again, it would be like rude socially not to have it. No one's telling you you need to also eat the entire thing. So you can always have a few bites of something if it's not your cup of tea and literally save those calories for something else you're going to enjoy more. But this helped me a lot when I was teaching full-time. I've shared this before that I used to just walk by the staff room and just try to like, okay, I, I eventually just made a little rule for myself. Like, Brittany, you just don't eat snacks at work. So that I didn't even have to look. I didn't have to like argue with myself or kind of weigh it out in my mind. It was just, I don't eat snacks at work. And then if I really liked something, I could always go get that another time. Like it's not the last time I was ever gonna see that food. This helped me here because a lot of times, again, we don't really crave something. It's just we see it and it looks good or it looks appetizing. We're intrigued. Our curiosity is peaked. It's, it's just there a lot of the times. Like it's not even something we would go seek out. So before you indulge in, like think about it. Like is this actually one of your favorite things? This helps me a lot too currently at family parties where like the dessert is not my favorite. So say a kid birthday party between my sisters and I, we have 17 kids. So there's a lot of family birthday parties. And, you know, before the dessert is served and, you know, usually, again, I can kind of employ all the other steps before this. And already I'm probably not hitting the criteria of having dessert because I know I'm not going to sit down to enjoy it. Um, I'm going to be running around and we all, you know, usually help each other serve. So if it's my sister's kids, you know, party, one of us is cutting the cake, one of us is scooping the ice cream. And yes, like after we're done with that, we could sit down and have our dessert. And sometimes I do, but these are actually like the steps that I'll kind of mentally walk through real quick without realizing it. If it is not my favorite kind of cake, I'm not going to have it. I'm just going to skip it because there is no like point to me in just just having a dessert to have it when it's not something that's actually my favorite. Like I want my treats to count. I'd rather not have it go home and have a dessert that I actually really want than to have something that's just not my cup of tea, not my favorite thing. So this will change. Like some parties, somebody will bring out, you know, a flavor of ice cream that I love. I'm like, oh, okay. After I finish serving this, I'm just going to take like a scoop or two of ice cream and then sit down and enjoy it. I'll make a point to do that. So think about that, you know, at different holidays or, you know, whatever kind of get togethers. If something's just because it's there doesn't mean you need it. Is it actually your favorite? Is it actually going to be worth the calories to you? Okay. And the last one which is probably the most important to me and probably the one that really makes or breaks it. Like if I've kind of put a check mark next to one, two, and three, which is to recap it real quick, am I actually hungry slash what's my actual hunger level? Am I able to enjoy it right now? Is this actually one of my favorite things? If I've been able to put a check mark at all of those, so say it is a family birthday party, say it's my favorite kind of cannoli cake. I love cannoli cake. Um, <laughs> or cannoli donuts or anything cannoli say it's like all those situations are like check check and check I'm going to you know cut myself a piece at the end after everyone's been served like put my feet up and do it or my very favorite thing if I'm hosting the party I won't have it at the party but I will you know serve everybody da, da, da. everybody leaves goes home I clean up from the party and that's when I pour the cold beer or have the glass of wine and take that piece of cake out of the fridge and enjoy it in the quiet, in the peace. <laughs> and, and that is not, you know, 
the same thing as like the disordered eating of just wanting to eat it in secret or without anybody seeing me or anything like that. It's literally to enjoy it in the peace and quiet. And usually like with my husband sitting next to me, not waking up at two in the morning to sneak it in. So I wanted to make that distinction. But the one that is the most important to me, either way, if it is my favorite cake, if all those things is how is this going to make me feel today slash what do I need my body to do today? And this is why, ladies, I've talked in other episodes about you viewing food as fuel or working more towards a goal and not worrying about aesthetics. So like worrying more about performance than how we look because this is going to start shaping your decisions. If again, I've checked all the boxes and even if I'm about to enjoy it like at night by myself and like my ideal situation, if I have to get up and go for a run the next morning or I have to get up and do my workout first thing the next morning, that might make me say, mm, not the time to indulge. Like maybe then I will tomorrow afternoon or whenever else or whatever else or I'll catch it next time it comes around because of X, Y, and Z. Um, because the most important function of food, like yes, it's great for hospitality and it's bonding and it's a lot of things. Food is a lot of things, but it is also fuel for our bodies and it's going to make us feel a certain way. And I'll consider this um, some holidays too, like Christmas morning, I'll make cinnamon rolls, or actually I think I make coffee cake on Christmas morning, I make cinnamon rolls on Easter, but, and I always pair other things with it. So we'll, I'll do like eggs and something like eggs and bacon with cinnamon rolls. So we're pairing it with a, a protein and fats, not just straight sugar, but that affects you know, my decision there is like, okay, do I want to have the cinnamon roll and feel tired in an hour? Like if I'm hosting the the holiday dinner, do I want to have a mimosa and a cinnamon roll and then feel like I want to take a nap in an hour? Is that worth it to me? Or do I need to be more fueled for my day? And maybe again, it's not all or nothing. Maybe I just have a few bites of the cinnamon roll along with the food that's going to fuel my body really well. So that gives you some gives you some parameters to work in. And maybe this is going to like be a kind of a, not wake up call, but a little springboard for you to think more seriously about what your goals are performance wise or uh, workout wise, health wise, where you're looking at everything in that lens. Like when we were away on our trip, I, you know, was saying yes to more indulgences because I knew there was nothing I super needed to perform for the next day. Like I was okay with, okay, if I feel a little sluggish in the morning, it's going to be fine. I'm not chasing three kids and we can have coffee and take like a leisurely morning if I feel a little bit sluggish from having dessert and drinks the night before. Whereas in my daily life here, it's not worth it to me to have a big plate of pancakes for breakfast and no, you know, fat and protein with it, just straight carbs, when I'm literally going to want to fall asleep in the next hour when I need to be on my game and I need to be living my life. So even that can look like, you know, again, just our whole, sorry, ladies, I have caught myself saying again about 500 times. Now that I've said it, don't go back and listen to all the podcasts before this because you're like, wow, yeah, you really did. But I think that's helpful too, because if you're not directly training for something right now, like let's say some of my pregnant ladies listening to this and you're thinking like, that's great, Brittany, but I'm not training for a race or a Spartan race or doing really intense lifting workouts. So I don't really care. I already feel crappy all the time. This is not really helpful to me. I hope that it still is. And I hope that you can still think about just what 
kind of fuel you need for your daily life, for what you're doing right now. Because maybe you're pregnant and you have three little kids or you're pregnant for the first time, but you're working a full-time job. This is the same. You can apply all these same things. Like you're at work maybe and there are tempting foods there, but did it check all the boxes? Like, is it actually your favorite thing? They brought in your absolute favorite food and you know it's going to make you feel fine to get through the rest of your day and whatever else. A lot of times, no. A lot of times it does not fulfill those requirements. Instead, we just see something. We think, oh, yeah, I like that. Everyone else is eating it. We eat it too. We feel crappy. And that cycle continues. And then sometimes guilt and shame follows that of like, oh, I have no self-control. I should have just said no to that and whatnot. So try to kind of give yourself a second to like I'm making this, you know, I'm outlining it in this podcast. I'm not making this dramatic and sitting down with a checklist every time I see a food, but this can become a habit for you. We just need to give ourselves the space to take a second before we act, like to not just lead with emotions and see something and grab it and eat it, but actually just kind of stop ourselves and think like, am I hungry? Uh, One nice thing to get in the habit of, I like to drink water really before I eat anything because water does aid digestion. And that kind of buys you a couple seconds to take stock of what you're doing or the choices you're about to make of like, okay, am I, again, did this hit all the boxes? Like I actually am hungry. I have room for this right now. This is one of my favorite things. I'm, how am I going to feel after this? Like, is this going to be fine for the rest of my day? And again, it's sometimes yes, sometimes no. There are times where I eat something that I know is going to make me tired, that's just a total carb bomb that's going to make me crash after, where I know that whatever, I'm just going to bed in a couple hours anyway. Like at night, if my husband and I do want to make a brownie sundae or something like that, it's like, all right, well, I have a brownie sundae, then I'll fall asleep in an hour. That's fine. You know, there's absolutely time for that. And that's the great way and the great part about eating this way is 80-20, 80% whole clean foods, 20% treats, and that and it works together to be that we are indulging some of the time, not all of the time. Because when we're just indulging all the time, that's just chaos. We're just, we're not following anything. We're just giving into every single emotion, every single whim. And that's going to lead to take it in a more serious direction to struggles with weight, which is going to lead to being more susceptible to disease and heart disease and all of these things, sickness that obesity, you know, increases our chances of so many other things. So this is a a true health issue if, you know, it's getting to that point of we just have no boundaries, no parameters, we're giving into everything. But then on the opposite side, if it's just all restriction, that's not healthy either and generally leads to the other side. If somebody's overly restricting, it usually ends to some overdoing it and overindulging eventually. So this is just what I do. Works for me. A lot of these tips have worked for my clients. So take what you want, throw away the rest as always. (laughs) All right, ladies, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you found this valuable. If you did, if you'd share it with a friend and or rate and review the podcast, I would really appreciate it. And I hope you have a great rest of your day. Talk to you next time.